Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martini. Welcome to Paradigm Shift. My name is Christina Martini, and I am your host as we explore the intersection of business and law. Today, we are going to be continuing our recurring series which we have featured on Paradigm Shift for the past two years called Inside the General Counsel's Office. Over the course of this podcast, we have talked to a number of lawyers who have held the GC position within various organizations and who have shared their insights with us on myriad topics, including relationships with outside counsel, their interactions with the board and the C-suite, the importance of diversity and inclusion, emotional intelligence, leadership, and numerous other topics. I am so excited to be continuing this series of conversations with General Counsel with my interview with a terrific lawyer and role model. It is my privilege to welcome Megan Belcher to the show. Megan is a member of the Schooler Company's Senior Leadership Team and serves as Senior Vice President, General Counsel, and Corporate Secretary. Megan leads Schoolers Legal, as well as its brand marketing and corporate communications teams. In her legal role, Megan leads the team of lawyers and legal professionals who manage all legal, compliance, and legal risk matters for the company. She also leads the governance and management work for the company's board of directors and its initiatives, and serves as the company's corporate secretary. In her brand marketing and corporate communications leadership role, Megan leads the team of creative and communications professionals who support the company's operations and service teams on the brand, marketing, internal and external communications, and public relations work, leading the strategy for the same in partnership with business partners. In the 15 years preceding her joining the leadership team at Schooler, Megan was a partner with an AmLaw 100 law firm in its food and agribusiness unit focusing on compliance, labor and employment, and litigation matters, in addition to serving as the Vice President and Chief Counsel of Employment Law and Compliance at Conagra Brands for seven years. Megan was in private practice representing large public and private companies in employment, labor, and litigation matters for over six years prior to her relocation to Omaha in 2007 to begin her in-house career at Conagra Brands. It is my pleasure to welcome Megan Belcher to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really thrilled and excited about our conversation and really appreciate you joining me for our segment of the show called Inside the General Counsel's Office. And as with my other conversations with general counsel I've had on the show, I would love to kick things off with you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and what made you decide to be a lawyer. Well, I'm the general counsel at the Schooler Company, which is a privately held company focused on agribusiness based in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm a mom of two young girls, nine and 11, and I have been a lawyer for almost 20 years, which is hard to believe and love being a lawyer. And I'm very passionate about the profession. So I so appreciate experts like yourself who bring so much to our industry and so much to the practice and are willing to be so generous with your time to give a venue where lawyers and leaders 
can come to learn more from others. So thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I decided I wanted to be a lawyer at a very young age for unknown reasons. I did not come from a family of lawyers and did not have a close connection to a lawyer, but it was one of those childhood dreams that I followed throughout my life and really didn't veer off that path. I went to college and then law school and really took the traditional path, direct from college to law school and then right to a job at a big firm. And who did you find? I'm just curious. It sounds like you were pretty committed to doing this at a very young age. Were there any folks that inspired you as you were on your path, both before you hit law school and then during law school and then after law school? I know, and we're going to get into this later in our conversation, right back at you, by the way, in terms of everything you contribute to the profession. You've done so many wonderful things. You are such an inspiration to women and to the profession generally with everything that you contribute. I'm just wondering, you know, you definitely demonstrate paying it forward. Was there somebody who you found or a couple of folks that you found that were particularly inspirational to you before you launched into your legal career? I think that's a, that's a wonderful question. From a, a foundational perspective, I had wonderful, hardworking parents who were incredibly supportive and very interested in ensuring that I knew that I could do whatever I wanted in life um, with the, the right hard work, the, the right steps, the right support. So I think having that foundation to know that if you were willing to make the investment, you could achieve against your dreams from a very young age was very critical for my long-term success. Along the way, I had incredible mentors really at each phase of my career. When I was at in big law, I had a wonderful partner that I worked for who really took me under his wing, gave me phenomenal opportunities to learn and grow and get fantastic technical expertise, who continues to be someone that I uh, stay connected with to this day. When I went in-house, I had a, a phenomenal woman leader, the leader that I went in-house to work for, who again took me under her, her wing and mentored me and really made sure that I understood kind of the behind the scenes about what it took to be successful in corporate America and thinking beyond kind of that myth that hard work alone will get you there. And then separately, I've had a, a number of coaches uh, mentors who have been pivotal in my life. I have an executive coach that I had the privilege of working with for a year when I first became an in-house leader who really changed the trajectory of my career and is someone who I leverage in current day and, and is a, a very important tool in my toolbox and then um, have additional um, seasoned women general counsel that I tap into for advice, expertise, and mentoring, as well as the many leaders that I get to work with at Schooler, who in their own authentic ways are phenomenal in a range of areas. Well, I look forward to delving more into the executive coaching and other tools in your toolbox as we get further along in our conversation. I'd love to just ask you about what your practice area was when you were in big law 
And when you ultimately made the decision as you were embarking on your career and well into your career in big law, when you decided and how you came about the decision to try to go down the corporate and GC path. I focused on labor and employment and litigation. So I was a quintessential big law firm, labor and employment associate that did day-to-day advice and counsel and then litigated as well. I had the luck to land at a firm where they had just a phenomenal labor and employment group. They still do. They really invested in getting associates wonderful technical training. Every day I look back and am just very grateful on the excellent technical training and technical skills that I received in those first six years of my career and had the benefit of being put on teams for a few key national clients for whom we did national labor and employment work. One of those clients had a transition about midway in my career at the firm where their in-house labor and employment council transitioned out and they asked me to serve and in an interim role in a secondment. And it was really my first taste of the in-house practice and seeing what that looked like. And I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the close partnership with the HR team there, with the general counsel, with the business people. And it really gave me that view of kind of separate from being in private practice where you handle a problem and then pass it back You really got to see the problem all the way through the life cycle and have that frontline visibility to the impact that you were having through your practice. And I really loved that. And ultimately, a few years later, when the opportunity came up with a client who was building their in-house team to make their first individual contributor hire in their labor and employment group at the company... I got a call from my then client about the opportunity and I decided to make the leap and I have never looked back. It was a wonderful opportunity for me, an exciting opportunity for me to join a Fortune 200 company in their emerging law department and work for an inspirational leader and learn more about making that shift from private practice to in-house practice and get those new opportunities for growth and development that you will see in really robust, big corporate cultures, which were a tremendous enabler for me in my career. That's such a great story. And there are so many different threads there that I'd love to pick up on. One of which I'd like to mention, just the secondment that you were on I actually had the good fortune of being on two secondments as a relatively young lawyer for two very different companies, um, one of which was Kraft and the other one, which was Monsanto. And those two experiences were phenomenal. I was a very young lawyer when I was a Kraft, probably like a third-year associate. And then the second one was through Searle Pharmaceuticals that Monsanto owned at the time. And I was um, on the cusp of being considered for partner when I did that. And I have to tell you, those, those experiences, although they're you know, 20 plus years in my rear view mirror at this point, I think were very formative experiences because I was able to be in the trenches of two clients and was responsible for being um, trademark counsel essentially for two 
sets of business lines and had my own office at each client and would love to just, you know, get your quick thoughts on that secondment opportunity and what some of your biggest takeaways were. I think your career and those experiences that you've highlighted are a wonderful example of the advice that I give young lawyers or emerging leaders that I mentor, which is, you know, everyone's always interested in how do I, how do I get to have an exceptional career? How do I get to that level of leadership? I think you have one of those careers. And I think if we look at your career and others, we will see a common theme around things like those secondment. And I, my kind of catchphrase is get out of your stew, right? So <laughs> go, you know, go look at something new, get a stretch, right? Growth is very uncomfortable and it's hard. And I think oftentimes, especially as you extend more deeply into your career, there can be a tendency to avoid getting out of that comfort zone. But that is where your best growth in your career happens is on the job stretch opportunities. You get to go see a new culture. You get to see a new organization. It opens your eyes to other ways that things can be done. And you get to try something on for a period of time. So for me, that secondment opportunity was, you know, they were a a long time and very known client to me, but I gained a much deeper understanding of the inner workings of the organization, the behind the scenes. Most importantly, how the in-house practice of law is very different than the advice and practice that you will give coming from a law firm in. It just, they are required very different things. And it was a wonderful stretch for me to be managing a portfolio of work for a single client and really be responsible for that work from end to end with kind of the intimate knowledge that at the end of the day, you are responsible for both driving a culture of integrity in that organization while also ensuring that your business is enabled for its top and bottom line growth, right? It's how are you enabling your organization on its mission and its revenue goals? And that was just very different than what I had seen at that time at the firm. You know, I was Mm -hmm. very, very focused on my technical practice, delivering for my clients, which is what your revenue model is at that at Right, exactly. So why don't we take a quick look at what your day-to-day responsibilities look like in your current GC job at Schooler? I am responsible for both our legal team and our brand marketing and corporate communications team. On the legal side, we provide services to our internal clients around the world. We have over 120 locations around the globe. And my legal team provides day-to-day services internationally, domestically, and then in the typical compliance spaces that you would expect to see. And then my wonderful brand marketing and corporate communications team ensures that both Schooler's umbrella brand and the brands of our individual businesses um, are visible and known in our markets and that we manage our internal and external communications for the company. How big is your legal department? Uh, We are, I would consider us um, still in the vein of a small law department. 
including myself. We have six lawyers and then uh, a support professional. And we are uh, undertaking work to consider additional support we may need internationally as we grow in that space. You've been at Schooler now for several years. How would you say your time there and your responsibilities there have evolved, especially now that we're knee deep in COVID and uh, what has become a new normal? I think with any general counsel over time, um, as you continue to integrate into the business, your role creeps into other spaces where you can provide thoughtful problem-solving skills um, that really any piece of a business will need. So I joined in 2017 and really spent my first year assessing what we needed out of a legal department and how we could best deploy legal services, both through our internal legal talent and um, the outside legal talent that we acquired through our outside counsel spend. Really spent kind of the tail end of that year implementing a change structure for our department, really more focused on being a specialist model. I think since that time, that model has really enabled our team to, one, intimately know and understand our business, and two, be prepared for types of events like COVID as much as you can be prepared for a worldwide pandemic. The talent that we have on the team and the way that we have structured ourselves as our business has evolved has provided us with lots of um, benefits, but really one that I think has been most powerful during the current disruption, and that's high agility. We have the right talent at the table who is both agile and understands our business. And with the current disruption, I think has done a wonderful job in helping our clients look around corners so that they can continue to ensure the success of their businesses during the pandemic. Well, and that's a theme that I would imagine when we talk a little bit later about forming those trusted advisor relationships that's seeing around the corner, whether it's folks on your legal team or your outside counsel, that that's incredibly important. That trust, especially in the lawyer-client relationship, is uh, essential. And even more importantly, when you're in-house and looking to maximize your impact with the smallest amount of resources possible is so critically important because that trust enables you to move with significantly more speed and leverage your resources in the best way possible. Well, I'm looking forward to picking up on that thread in a little bit. I would love to shift our conversation just a little bit in terms of looking at your experience as a general counsel over the past few years. What would you say has been the most rewarding part of being a GC and what has been the most challenging? I think the answer to both of those questions is the same. Um, I'd say the most challenging is joining a new organization after coming from a a long-time role I held for nine years in an organization I deeply understood. And coming into a, a my first-time general counsel role in a new organization, learning a bit of a new industry, really just 
you know, a lot of stretch for me. So it has been three years of tremendous and transformational growth for me as a lawyer and a leader. And that has been deeply, deeply rewarding. It's also been incredibly challenging as I look to find my way in my first general counsel role, find my way um, with a senior leadership team that was new, and then build relationships with that senior leadership team as well as the board of directors. Uh, It has required um, a lot of agility, a lot of personal growth and development. Uh, which is um, always a stretch um, and a challenge, but has had really been the best and most rewarding growth and development I've ever experienced um, in my career. I've had the benefit of working for a CEO who, who really values leadership growth and development, which has been an incredible enabler for me and has made that process extremely rewarding. You are such an inspirational leader for so many people and just an inspiring person. You have mentioned several times during our conversation so far the importance of self-development. You've mentioned an executive coach. Why don't we take a second just to follow the thread of what you just mentioned and talk about the importance of self-awareness in the context of creating a career that is fulfilling and, as you said, both challenging and rewarding, and also making sure that you stay on a positive, forward-moving trajectory? I think the first step in any development journey, whether you're going to take that journey more singularly by yourself or if you're going to do that with a collection partner or an executive coach, it's always know thyself. Self-awareness from a leadership perspective for your ability to drive that essential authenticity in being an inspirational leader is incredibly, incredibly important. You can undertake that inventory in a lot of different ways. You can gather data through assessments. Um, You can do robust 360 feedback. You can solicit information from close partners, peers, your direct report. Um, But undertaking that process should really be the primary step before you undertake any development. It enables you to realize where your strengths and opportunities are. You can look forward to where potential threats might be for you in the culture and environments in which you operate based on how you're currently operating as an individual. And without that foundation, I think it is nearly impossible to undertake really transformative personal and professional development until you've taken a hard look at where you're at in your journey and where you can improve to drive impact, whether it be in your legal practice, with your team, with your business, with your organization, or on the professional front in any of those ideas. That's great advice and I think is critically important. And it's a theme that I actually touched on with a number of our guests in the past about the need to just have self-awareness, other tools in your toolbox that I would classify as emotional intelligence, 
and things that enable you to really differentiate yourself beyond just technical skills and look forward to continuing to delve into those in the second part of our conversation. It's hard to believe that the first part of our our conversation is is almost drawing to a close. I, I do have another question that I'd love to sneak in before we move to our second segment. What would you say, um, just based on your experience as a seasoned seasoned attorney, seasoned in-house attorney, and as a GC, what has surprised you most in your role as a GC? Um, it should not have surprised me, but I think especially as you get to the top echelons of your career, the power of relationships will always remain essential for success and really continues to just become more important as you move up in your career. I often will have conversations with other general counsel, connect with other general counsel, and it is a very consistent theme that for the maximum success in your role, you need powerful relationships with your team You need powerful relationships with your senior leaders, and you need powerful relationships with your board. In addition to having the right, well-connected network external to your company that you can tap into for insights, benchmarking, and to really facilitate creative solutions to your problems. Getting inclusive teams to the table during times of complexity will get you better solutions. And that is really a core capability for successful general counsel. And those relationships will always be paramount in you to drive excellence in solutions for your organization and your team. That's great advice. And as we draw our first segment to a close, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share with our listeners and where can they find you? Yeah, we've talked a little bit about the pandemic today and also covered the importance of continuing to invest in your professional development. I would just encourage those listeners are focused on continuing to move and excel in their career to not let the pandemic disrupt that. There are lots of wonderful and creative uh, development opportunities that can be found. And if not, I would encourage you to create your own. So make sure that you're looking for the opportunity to make the pivot in the disruption to capture new development opportunities for yourself during this dynamic time. You can find me on LinkedIn and you can also find me on email at mbelcher at schooler.com. Thank you so much, Megan. I can't wait for the second part of our conversation. I really enjoyed our discussion so far, and I think you've given us a lot of food for thought. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, your wonderful partnership today and the great conversation. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. We hope that you've enjoyed part one of our conversation with Megan Belcher from inside the general counsel's office. We hope that you will join us next week for part two of our conversation. I'm your host, Christina Martini. Please look for our weekly episodes every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. 
If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.